bitch, we're back. And it's Sisters with Sabres. We are having a guest tonight. Isn't it exciting? I'm excited. Are you excited? I hope you're excited. Uh, we have a special guest, a brother, a mister with the sisters, if you will. Uh, Mr. Les Gonzalez. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. You said my last name right, too. So Raj likes to make fun of that and play around with his <laughs> actually kind of nervous I don't, I don't guess a lot so here we go <laughs> it'll be this ought to be fun well we're super excited to have you thank you for making the time to hang out with us you are welcome and we are back with another hot one um what is our agenda for tonight agenda person what you got for me well we are going to talk about a bunch of different things uh we've got wop <laughs> How it pertains, <laughs> how it pertains to female agency. Um, I didn't understand your notes underneath, but I guess it had to do with female agency. Mm-hmm. Um, That's for the actual discussion. The actual discussion. Okay, yes, uh, we're going to touch on Kamala Harris announcing her VP. Um, what that means for Black women. We are going to go over also female leaders in Star Wars and how they inspire us. And the future of Star Wars High Republic um, and it, how it's time for rewrite. Thank you, Chairperson. I appreciate you. You're <laughs> so much better at that than me. I appreciate no. that. And it's nice to have your pretty voice over mine. Oh, my gosh. I sound like a 12-year-old boy, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Before we get started, you can follow us at Sabres With. You can follow us on Instagram. I believe it's at Sisters With Sabres. You can send us an email uh, and it's sisterswithsabers at gmail. Maybe rate, review, that sort of thing. It really helps us. You ladies got anything? I got nothing. I think I'm good for now. Nothing over here either. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. So the first item of discussion, I kind of wanted to talk about it, but also we got some listener feedback asking us about our take on WAP, what we think about it. So... What do you ladies want to say regarding the topic? Well, for myself, I've always been a big fan of equality. Sexuality for men has always been something that has been openly discussed and out there. I don't see any reason why we can't do the same thing. Deep, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think everybody's heard this song, and and I agree with Raven. Um, I think it's time for people to kind of let black women express themselves, right? Men have been expressing the fact that they want to get their dick wet for a very long time. Uh, It's well-documented, and I don't think that they need any help with that. Uh, But I do think it's time for people to open their minds um, to someone else expressing themselves. And God bless Shapiro's wife's dry-ass pussy. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not so much that as if, you know, if you haven't experienced it, Sunshine, it's because you're not doing it right. It's not her problem. It's pretty. (laughs) You are all correct. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. He just does not know what he's doing. Just because you haven't seen it. Yeah, there there is a clitoris. I can tell you right now what he's not doing. I, I think he told everybody what he's not doing and how he's That's yeah, right. <laughs> hey, but you know sure, what? He told everybody what he isn't doing. 
Exactly. It's just like, I just want everybody out there to know that I don't know what it's like to please a woman because clearly I've never done it. People that have a problem with WAP obviously don't listen to like plies. It's like, come on. Like, you know, it's, it's not that bad. (laughs) Or Trina, you know, like, right. It's not that. I mean, I personally, I've always been that type of person. I was like, get that money, bitch. And I'm always like, I'm always rooting for Cardi and I love Meg the Stallion. So I thought this was the perfect duo. And I'm just like, yes, in the corner. And Kylie Jenner was in the video, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people hate on her. And I'm like, I like that she was in it because it's just like, it's just a nice, you know, let's uplift women type of energy. Cause like Kylie gets a lot of hate, you know, and I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was nice to see something like this, because if it wasn't for Meg, I don't think I would be growing into having a confidence that I have, because, you know, I'm a 5'10 woman, a lot of men feel some type of imitation towards me, and I'm just like, why? Because I'm taller than you? You you, you can't handle this, the height, you know? And hearing her coming out and talking about, you know, coming out with this song with Cardi B was even better, because... you know, all the negativity they got from this song, from making this song. I mean, people act like they never heard Lollipop, Pony, um, what's some other songs? A few other explicit songs that have been made. Uh, any YG song? <laughs> Thank you. Well, and to, you know, not to be difficult and represent the old school, but back in the olden days when we worked in the clubs, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of face down, butt up and all that going on, too. So <laughs> let me see that Tootsie Roll. Yeah, hey, right. we want some. You're damn right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And it's like and, and this is just an this is just women doing exactly the same thing as men have been doing. And we in this country, for all of our talk about freedom and all of these other things are incredibly prudish. And anytime talk of anything, you know, like, you know, basic, healthy human sexuality pops up, you know, 75% of people, even ones who are doing this shit, you know, behind closed doors are clutching their pearls because heaven forbid, should we speak about it aloud? And believe me, I'm the first Victorian to walk out there and go, that is inappropriate right now, young lady. But no, no, go on, do what you do. And, you know, I'm sorry that he had to accidentally hear how he's failing. I think it's it's important right now that, that women feel a sense of freedom to express themselves. And I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I can't wait for the day that Black people have the same right to express themselves however they want. And that doesn't always mean they go out and they, they say the, I have a dream speech. Sometimes... Uh, you might need the right to just act a fool or express a deep desire that you have. Like, why is that not okay for two black women? Or wear your hair the way you want to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look, um, you know, there was some adversity for, for some female white artists, but go to a bar today and tell somebody that Madonna's a hoe. Like, people will fucking fall out. Come on. Like, I, I feel like there's a real big double standard, and especially right now, you know, you can't have both, right? Like, we're asking for rights, we're asking for equality, but if somebody wants to express themselves and you don't like it, oh, this is why females uh, 
want the right for equality so they can spew this kind of bullshit. Like we have feelings too. And those feelings are completely natural and valid if it's two adults and that's what they want to do. And that's how a woman wants to use her agency. That's her fucking right and her business, you know, and, and men, I feel like me personally, that men use their agency in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's subconsciously or they're aware of it, they know that that woman does not make as much money as they do. So they carry a certain weight in that relationship. And this is a way for a woman to sort of turn the tables, right? And, And find a way to make herself more independent financially, right? That's what they're talking about right. uh, to a certain degree. Now, if, if that's how you want to go about it and you feel comfortable and confident with that bitch, get your bag, go get it. I'm not going to stop you. And yep, I don't absolutely. feel like it's fair to judge someone for that, uh, especially when men have a history of doing the exact same thing. Like men have done this. Yep. And freedom is freedom. It means free to do what you know, to be who you are. And, you know, that is one of the biggest problems we're having right now is the reality that, you know, we, we want to be free, but we don't understand that that means that the person who's screaming the exact opposite of what we want to hear is also free. And they're able to say those things. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, on a political issue. It can be something like this, where a hundred people are, you know, nervous and, you know, pearl clutching over this song where the rest of us are just looking at it like how is this any different from every single thing two live crew ever did it isn't different it's not different at all in fact it's exactly the same thing and so you know to me this is exactly what it's supposed to be this is equality we get to have that same strength in our sexuality and that comfort in our sexuality and to be able to be open and talk about it you know I would prefer you not do it at the dinner table. But, you know, again, I'm, you know, rather Victorian in my old age. Thank you. I just wanted to get that on the mic. I know we had that conversation a little bit earlier. Les, <laughs> what you got? What's your take? Do you have a take? I My take is simply uh, they shouldn't, the only reason, and you guys already said it, the only reason why we're having any issue or people are even, the only people I see making a big deal out of all of this is white dudes and these white con- ultra conservative dudes that are having trouble. Look, if Meg and Cardi B and, and then let's just be honest, black women have always been at the forefront of everything. Y'all have always been leading the way, holding, you know, carrying a torch. If they're afraid that, you know, their little daughters are going to get inspired or at least feel something out of this. That's an in-home parenting issue that they have to have, they have to take care of it and address on their own. I I have no issue with it. I enjoy, I mean, I I like the song. It's like you guys said, you all named all the examples in in every rapper, every male rapper usually has a song quote for the ladies. You know what I mean? And it's, it's basically a song about having sex with somebody. Biggie had one with R Kelly, which I probably should be mentioning his name, but still, you know, it's, it's out there. So I, you know, let's have equality. I'm all about it. I think there's there's some key examples of this in Star Wars, too. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the episode of Clone Wars where Sai Snoodles, she is an old flame of Zeros, I guess. And she kind of gets him to reveal his plan. And then she ends up shooting him and taking the bounty by romancing him. I remember it vaguely, but... 
I mean, the, mm-hmm. the story itself or that, you know, that tale, that happening is, is, you know, pretty popular over the years, you know, just expressed in different ways. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my really deep input on that one. <laughs> well, even like Padme and Clovis, like, so it, it happens, it happens here and it happens in a galaxy far, far away. It shouldn't be this like epiphany. Oh my God. Women like having sex. Wow. It, it shouldn't be life altering. It really shouldn't. No, it really shouldn't. And and I don't think that our interest in it has ever been in question. And if it has, uh, people were not paying attention. <laughs> you know, I randomly kind of want to say too, like, I don't know why people also just, they hate on Cardi or whatever for making this type of song. And you're just like, what the f- what the fuck do you expect her to do though? It's like everyone expects all these celebrities to be like politicians and stuff and like activists and and it's like Cardi B is in a business and like she's hot and she want this is what she wants to do. Leave my girl the fuck alone. And period, you know? Like I see men and it's not just white men, but you know they they demonize wi- like women who, you know, want to twerk their ass on TikTok or whatever like they're like oh and you have girls too that are like you know the pick me pick me types that like they demonize other women for acting like that and then they're like oh well I cook and I clean and and it's like why is there always like why is it got to be this competition like let's just let women be fucking women in whatever fucking way they want to do that excuse my French but I mean we're talking about WAP so I can I think I can have a foul mouth (laughs) yeah it, it, Olivia yeah, hasn't noticed uh, in, in here. <laughs> I was about to say um, the problem, like that's the problem with the world. Like people tend to take black people as impure. Like we do all these sexual things, and then with whites, they're pure, they're innocent, they're these gods that everybody looks up to. They're good people. They're not bad people. Black, that's bad. They do all this and that. So. I just wanted to get that out. That's all I had to say, though. You're right, though. Not wrong. You're absolutely right. And and I've worked in uh, a business where I've gotten a little bit more experience on this than most. And uh, yeah, that's 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 the gist of it. That really is. Well, I'll jump in real quick. Uh, I do. So I read it. I read a book called uh, Stamp from the Beginning, which is, you know, how the history of slavery and all that kind of stuff. And like you guys mentioned, with black people, d- the description was always the word that was always used was hypersexual or overly sexual. You know, it's because of that, we're not, you know, whole humans because we're animalistic in that regard, which is false because we're all, I mean, all humans like sex because of the population of the planet. If we didn't, you know, we're, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't all be here and we wouldn't have, you know, all these people on this planet. So um, it kind of, kind of cancels itself out. I would agree with that. I would agree with that entirely. Um, and then also um, along that line of, you know, women being strong, women being confident, women, you know, just taking and having agency. It was brought up, you know, when Princess Leia was dressed as a slave in Jabba's palace and how that affected us, not just in the Star Wars universe, because looking at it from the movie point of view, it's one thing. But looking at it from a fan point of view and from the way that we see Princess Leia in the real world, it's the same basic principle, but it's on a different level. Princess Leia is, I I think we can all agree, a very strong woman, very powerful, never 
afraid to be holding the reins. In fact, perfectly happy to tear them out of your hands if you're not doing the job. She is the definition of strong, definition of independent. And here she is as an object, just here for show. I don't bring any other value to this situation than look at me and look at how cute I am. And so in the in the movie of Star Wars, it 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 takes it takes something away from the woman that we know for a moment, you know, um, we understand where she's feeling somewhat victimized, I think, to a certain degree sitting there and you can just kind of see it in her face that she's just fuming at this restriction at this, you know, full on repression of who she is and how she would handle this situation in any other you know, space except this one. And I think it's really interesting when you look at the dichotomy of her walking in in the bounty hunter costume when no one knows who she is and she handles herself, you know, very well. She's, you know, perfectly prepared for the situation and knows how to handle things. And then when they find out she's a woman, well, then all of a sudden, all of that is taken away from her. And it has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that she was a woman. If it had been Luke in that costume, he would have ended up you know, down in the pit sooner. So when you look at Princess Leia in that situation, you see that same thing that we're talking about with this. You see the restriction and the oppression of that agency, of that strength and of that independence that is so specific, especially in this case to her character. It's something that we try to teach young girls, you know, to be strong, to be independent, to feel good about yourself, to be proud of who you are. And then we send them out into the world and then we tell them, except here's the thing. You can't say what you think do what you want, you know, because everything is going to be judged on this, whether or not you're, you know, acceptable by some weird standard that someone who isn't even alive anymore originally made. And we're all kind of trying to go along with it. But for me, when she's in that costume, to me, it's just, it's just oppression. It's so real, that oppression of her just having all of that agency and strength taken away from her and putting her in that position. It's the kind of thing that you know that her character chafed under because it's so not how she operates. And then when you take it outside of that and you look at little girls looking up to Princess Leia or just Star Wars characters and or fans in general looking to Princess Leia, that they see that. And the way that it's <clears throat> done initially, it seems as though it's no big deal. Just like we talked about uh, Maria when we talked about Ahsoka in the slave, you know, situations like, why do I have to be the slave? Well, of course you do. You have, you're the woman. And it's that same principle. It's that exact same principle just delivered at a different time for a different reason. But it's the same basic idea. They took the bounty hunter costume off of her. She's a woman. Well, therefore, what could she possibly be used for? Well, there you go. That's just my take on it. Sorry, long rant. No, I think it's completely warranted and valuable. I wanted you to get into that on this episode, and I wanted to capture that on mic. To piggyback off that, women had to come in and save that concept. Again, that's why it's so important that we voice our opinion because if it wasn't for the female fans demanding the hut slayer thing, um, you know, to, to add agency to that character in that moment, we wouldn't have it today. So that's why it's so important that we let people know what we like, what we don't like, what's working for Lucasfilm, and what needs to change. And society changes too over time. Absolutely. And it's good to have the discussion so that people maybe who don't see it the way you see it can see it that way. And even if they're not going to change where they stand, 
they better understand you or better understand someone else that they're dealing with. The next topic, (laughs) I don't really know what else to say about that. I think we covered it well. Anybody got anything before we move? Nope. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thoughts on Kamala and leaders in Star Wars that are also female. I just read the the Darth Vader comic that, I was going to say that Marvel Darth Vader comic. And when he fights uh, Jocasta New... Oh, she's a she's a really cool leader to me. So I'm a little obsessed with her right now. Um, like the fact that she just collected all of that Jedi knowledge after Order sixty six, just for the next generation, no matter when that came, was just so beautiful to me. Um, so that's something I kind of wanted to just say has been on my mind lately. But that's a leader to me, you know, like people looking out for the next generation, which we have to do right now. Can't just be worried about ourselves, you know. Absolutely. I think Jocasta has really been redeemed in those comics. Well, I'll jump in again because, you know, it's me. I was just going to say for me, um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, Princess Leia obviously was really the only woman um, that I could really look up to in the Star Wars movies. Uh, But I found that uh, in the end, I really liked Admiral Holdo because she she worked for me in a in a slightly different kind of way. And I think it's just a personality type. My mother is very much like Princess Leia, an itty bitty tiny firebrand of a woman that will make anyone shake in their boots should she choose to do so. Uh, So Princess Leia for me was always kind of a double edged sword. Like, I love you, but I already live with you. And I don't know, you kind of are a committee. But I really liked Holdo because very much like, you know, the actress who plays her, incredibly strong, incredibly powerful, brilliant and capable. And then the second she's talking about something that isn't, you know, business related, she becomes this super soft, you know, girly, bouncy thing that just, you know, reminds you that, you know, it's it's a part of, you know, our capability to do both. And you know, often tagged as emotional as women are, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we might show more emotions, but we're just, you know, we're just showing them. Everyone goes through them. You know, it's like, you want to tell me that a man standing at a funeral isn't sad just because he's not crying. Doesn't mean he's not sad. He's just not showing it necessarily the way that other people are. Um, so I found Admiral Holdo to be ama- Hold- Holdo to be amazing, and also, I mean, you want to talk about baller moves? Like seriously, how many baller moves can beat that one? Because I remember sitting in the theater, and I'm pretty sure my heart stopped. Could just be me though. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That you actually you stole my uh, my person. You took Holdo from me. I was gonna call her out because first of all, for her to re- to inherit command of the fleet after general after a legend goes down into a coma with leia going down and you have to step in and deal with poe being poe you got to deal with all these other things and then for her to just have the resolve at the end to pull off the holdo maneuver i mean she shouldn't have had to die you know but for her to take that on as a true sacrifice and to truly you know put herself in front of everybody I mean, that that speaks a lot to me. Absolutely. And it shows how uh, far she's willing to go, how far the rebels are willing to go. And, you know, a, a real quick reminder that, you know, should you trifle, you you may find yourself in a world of hurt you weren't expecting. Um, and yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's it's a baller move. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a mom protecting her, you know, mothers, you know, uh, 
mama bear, basically, you know, they're going to protect their cubs. They're going to do what they have to do. She jumped in front of everything. And, you know, my mom would always be ready to go to war for me and and put herself out there. And she, you know, always led the family. So, yeah, I totally, totally, you know, admire that. And it's just something that and like you said, in the movie theater, watching that where I when I saw it, the whole theater was silent and that silence and that visual was just, yeah, like you said, a baller move. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of those movie moments that you will never forget, you know? Yeah, for me, it'd be uh, Padme. Padme, honestly, just seeing her as um, a leader at such a young age was something that I found very inspiring and cool. Like a girl, a young girl at the age, being somebody, you know, being in control of her own planet. And you hardly even see things like that. And it shows you that anybody at any age, young girls these days could come out and start their own businesses, be their own entrepreneurs and be the boss of, you know, taking control of things that they feel that is good, you know? So that's my take on that. How did you feel, Portia, when when they announced it? I know for me, I, I just, it was, it was big, like for women of color and for black women, because, you know, she's also Asian and, you know, it, it was a big moment for a lot of us, for women of color in general. Um, and I found myself like kind of tearing up, like this is a step I didn't know we would take this soon in this country. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about hearing her being part of this with us, taking this making a change, finally coming out to help make a change for this country, for the world, because right now we, we need somebody like her. We need that seeing her up on TV as well also helps with young girls who are feeling the need to may not feel confident into thinking that they can't be into the politics and seeing her up there would be, you know, a good inspiration for them. Well, uh, I'm gonna jump in here. First of all, for uh, Kamala to even to be nominated, she grew up in Oakland, and Oakland is a a, t- a rough, rough, rough city. And for her to come out of Oakland and make it this far, I I mean, it's inspirational, truly, truly inspirational. I know a lot of people want to knock her uh, prosecutorial record and all that stuff, but she she did her job. She was supposed to do her job. That's all you could ask her to do. And now she's in a position where. If we all do our part and vote her in, she can help affect some real change herself. Uh, I, I can't wait. I really, really hope. I, I wanted her to get the presidential nomination, to be honest, personally. But this is just good enough. This is just as good. Yeah. To be honest, like we we could be looking at this in the next two years. Look, to be to be real, if if everything goes the way it's supposed to go, right? We we could be looking at her in the seat in the next two years. That's real. Yeah, and it upsets me that. You know, there's good that's coming out of this and people tend to bring up the negativity about her. Look, she can make a change. She can make a total difference of what this orange turd in the office is doing. She can make a huge change and a huge difference and make things a whole lot better for everybody in this country, but in the world as well. And also on on another level, just, you know, we have to look back at uh, 2016 and, you know, Hillary Clinton and, you know, her downsides, but also the fact that she just very simply isn't likable. You know, uh, Kamala is not only likable, but she's capable. She's whip smart. And as yes. a prosecutor, 
all of those prosecutorial things that everybody's so concerned about are going to be the thing that are going to make her amazing in debates against Mike Pence. And it's going to make her amazing when it comes time to try to make change as we're talking about, because this is what she does for a living. She walks in the room and tells you how it is, and then she proves it to you. Her job is to convince you that she's right. That is what she's been doing. And maybe there are parts of it we would prefer not. But once again, it so many, many, many light years better than the current situation. Is it enough? No. And it probably never will be. But at some point, we're going to have to accept the fact that if we screw up this time, we may not get another chance. And as drastic as that sounds... Y'all, you look at what's going on right now. If I, if the black, if the Black Lives Matter thing, the uprising of, over George Floyd, I think that the if that didn't happen, I think that the VP nomination would have went to Elizabeth Warren because I think that they wanted to do a woman VP, and I really think it came down to like how that looked for them. And I know I, I should sound more optimistic, but it's like I, I know how politics works. You know, it's all it's all optics. And they, they, while I am excited, I've always loved Kamala, honestly, like when I first started voting, when I, after I turned 18, cause I lived in, um, I lived in California in Contra Costa County, which is right next to Oakland. And so she was on our, on, on the ballot for the Senate, the Senator race. And so she was always a candidate that always stuck out to me, like her beliefs. I didn't even know what she looked like when I just read her, when I read her little statement in the voter packet. I, she just she just stood out to me. She's very compelling. Um, and then in the the trial or the hearing when it was um, when they were trying to I'm sorry I'm like stuttering Kavanaugh confirm that's Kavanaugh yeah she right. wrecked wrecked him oh man I loved her for the that position for Kavanaugh mm-hmm. yeah I loved her for that and uh, she she's she's dope and so while I was like oh that's good I'm also like well, I hope it's good and they're just not giving us what we want. Like, I, I want this to be a, a, a step forward for real change and I don't want it to be just just for show. Um, that's just, but I'm kind of like a pessimist until proven otherwise when it comes to politics. But I do like her. I do like her a lot. And, and I really do, um, Portia, when you're talking about Padme, like that's the connection I make because she's very, dip- Padme's very diplomatic. And they, I know you guys agree with me, they did her dirty in the prequels. Padme is so just well spoken, diplomatic, powerful. Um, like, I honestly wish that they did the way they did her in the prequels was similar to how she was in Clone Wars because I felt like she was more impactful for me when I watched Clone Wars. Um, but yeah, she's she's really the other leader. And when I was a little girl, like watching Star Wars, like she she was so cool to me, and her fashion. That's that's the other thing. But yeah, <laughs> and the books, the books have really enhanced her character too. But yeah, Padme got a raw deal. I'll never stop saying it that Padme got done dirty, uh, and I just think it's because. George didn't know what else to do or say about it. And that's when we need more female voices in the room that can steer that story in a positive way. Even if she has to die, there's a million other ways she could have died. Um, And given that character more agency instead of less to do over the three movies. Right. Exactly. 
But, you know, I am, like, also Jen, Jen Urso, she's another character that, like, she's just a strong, powerful character to me. Just one one of the most powerful characters in any show I've ever watched, not just Star Wars. Um, and just, for me, like, one of the most sacred, I guess, components, I guess, for being a strong, powerful woman in my book is, like, your willingness to, like, go down for your cause. And uh, she she just does that all the way for me. I found Jen Urso Absolutely. really interesting, really, really interesting, because she seemed incredibly relatable. She seemed so much like so many women I know. But yeah, like what you're saying, you know, I mean, incredibly willing to go down, you know, for her cause. No, no question about it. I mean, she's amazing. But I found her really relatable in a way that I've not found with a lot of the women in Star Wars um, because she just, she really did so much seem like so many people that I know. I think maybe it was the cynicism that she had, you know, I mean, obviously the, the words were a little bit scripted, but, but it was the way that she said it. It's the, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing we actually say to each other. And so she was very very, interesting. Yeah. She's very relatable. Especially for like this day and time, like this age, she's very relatable, like in our place in this conversation in this day and age. Very, yeah, she's very relatable. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I was going to take a break from the agenda and do tell them, sis. Does anyone have one? You know, I have one. <laughs> Mine just has to do with yours. <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody else has got one. Um, so this week, uh, I, I've been feeling a little under the weather. Um, I went to the doctor and, um, they believe it's a sinus infection, nothing serious. I'm not dying, but, um, I did get tested for COVID. Um, and while I was in the waiting area, like these people were ringing, the phone would not stop ringing. And every time this woman would answer the phone, it would be someone calling for their COVID test results. And she would tell them, in a very kind, very patient voice, ma'am, the email that you put on the app when you signed up for testing is where your results will go. Please do not call us if you have not yet received the email. And people were just getting so nasty with her about when they could receive their results. People were in the you know, facility complaining about the test hurting, complaining about how long it took, complaining about, you know, and I'm just looking like, bitch, there are people in the inner city in my area that can't get a test. You know, I'm lucky enough to live out here in the suburbs uh, where I can get a test, but stop fucking bitching and just be grateful that you're able to get a test and stop being a dick to the fucking essential workers I'm, I'm so over it. Like this woman was so patient with these people. I just, I could not believe it. I'm like, you're a fucking saint and these people need to fucking sit the hell down. And I'm just looking at her like, ma'am, are you fucking serious? Calm down. It hurts. Like it's still better than dying from COVID. So relax, have some fucking patience and try not to be a dick. It's, it's, it just boggles my mind how many people, and it's, I hate to be the one to tell you this. It was privileged white folks. They struck again. They really did. I didn't see not a single brown person in there acting a goddamn fool. 
I just fell off my chair with surprise. (laughs) Mostly because I was the only one there besides the poor patient care assistant at the desk taking calls. We were the only two people of color. And I just, God damn it. Come on. Seriously. Seriously. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. I'm done. The pandemic has definitely exposed a lot of stupid for me. I'll, I'll just be honest. This is, I can't believe how people really are acting out here. It's insane to me how weird and how crazy people are. And like you said, it's privileged white people. They're always going to bring something. It's, it's always something. And it's just, you have to sit back and just shake your head. Like, are you serious? Is this how people really are going to act? And I can't believe how they're just showing out. Right. And I'm it's like the just thing with the horrifying. mask. Yeah. Like, it's just like, Stop bitching at the essential workers. Wear a fucking mask. There's literally no reason why you can't wear a mask besides you just don't want to wear one. I, I'm beyond this dumbass excuses, the dumb medical excuse cards. They're fake. They're not real. If you have asthma, then you should not even be at the grocery store exposing yourself without a mask on because huh. you could die from this. Huh. It's, it's just, it's, it's beyond me. You know, I just lost someone recently in my family to COVID. The The amount of rage, like I would ar- already felt rage before about not wearing masks, but it, this just takes it to another level because it's preventable. And I don't know why people want to make a point or they don't, they want to believe Facebook over doctors, but it's got to stop. And, and, you know, I, I'm one of those people in my family where people don't want to get into it about vaccines and science with me because I will shut them down every time. I'm like, you, you, you guys, these things exist for a reason. This is not 1908. Please wear a fucking mask. I'm done too. Yeah, like the thing with the asthma. My brother has asthma. He walks in the store and goes places with his mask on, breathing with no problem. There shouldn't be no excuse for you at all. It doesn't matter. Right. Or like it defeats the purpose if you're going in there with it under your nose. I'm like, just wear it right. I feel like it takes more effort to wear it incorrectly than it does just wear it correctly. Just wear it correctly. You don't get anyone sick. And I see the cases are going. I always keep up to date on the graphs and stuff in my state. And it's like, it's going down. It's going down. I'm like, but once it goes down, we're going to play whack-a-mole again. Because people are just, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And I would just like to point out one more time that it's not difficult. It's not hard. Wear a mask. It's not hard we're not asking you to cut off fingers. it's really not we're asking you to wear a damn mask for the love of mike just wear a mask and there are kids out here toddlers that are wearing these masks properly better than these adults absolutely we got ahsoka a mask and we were practicing on her baby simba to put the mask on and ahsoka cannot shit properly on her own yet but yet she knows how to put a mask on <laughs> exactly I just feel bad for like the people, the kids of the people, the anti-maskers, because it's just like. Uh, you're right. You are correct. It's like, damn, like these kids probably are going to grow up, look at their parents like, are you serious? The like, most embarrassing and awkward thing always. Yeah. Just to see them, their dad or their mom going off about constitutional rights and you're trying to just control me and it's all a hoax. And they're just standing there like, oh. They just got their head down. You're like, oh yeah, this is embarrassing. Just people so stupid. It's seriously embarrassing, and you know, it's it's funny because I think that there's no excuse anymore to be ignorant about certain shit. 
because we live in the age of technology. You have a computer at your fingertips, yet you waste it on looking at dumbass Facebook articles with no type of credibility when you could look at credible, like you have access to it. And it's people that choose to be ignorant. And I hope we do an episode on willful ignorance because I really do think that willful ignorance has something to do with the Jedi Order. And I think it'd be a relevant episode. I mean, relevant topic for an episode. So I won't get into that, but I I cannot stand it. So I'm done. I'm done. Let's let's put it on the list. Let's put it on the list as a topic. You got the, the document out, the Word doc? I got you. Or, or to Google Doc, put that on there and, and put in parentheses Jedi Order so I don't forget. That that's hot. That's a really hot one. Do put it. Down. Yeah, I'm I'm off my soapbox about that. Um the last topic I think we want to get into um before we do support a sister and all that is um the Star Wars High Republic. Um so we were on Pink Milk last night. Shout out to Pink Milk. We love you. Um and it was so cool to be part of that show after listening to it for so long. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, somewhere along the conversation, the future of Star Wars came up, right? And I um, immediately, before recording, went back to the High Republic character um, descriptions and pictures just because I wanted to refresh myself. It had been some time since that information uh, was released. And something needs to change here, you know, um, regarding recent events and what's going on in the world. Um, so I thought that at this point in time, knowing that the high Republic is on hold for another year, I think it'll drop next year, that series of books and such. I think it's a good time for a rewrite. I was quickly informed by a white cis male on Twitter that the dispute policy with Lucasfilm is like 90 days. So I'm outside of the dispute policy now um, to let people know that I'm unhappy uh, with this information. And um, I want to say to that individual, fuck you. Um, I also want to say that, you know, as society changes, we also need to evolve, right? Things have changed. Our world has changed dramatically since this information dropped, right? This information dropped pre-COVID, right? April 2nd, 2020. Like at this point, COVID really hadn't hit hard when this dropped. I think we started in March, right? With the whole COVID thing. Keep me honest, Liv. No, that's right. We. It- yeah, so I, I feel like... April, we were still pretty optimistic. It wasn't a big, big deal. It hadn't hit hard yet. And this information drops April 2nd of 2020 as I'm reading it from the Star Wars website right now. I have dropped the link into the Skype chat so you guys can kind of follow along with me and keep me honest, uh, keep me out of my own bullshit. Um, But because the world has changed, um, I've been looking at this description and I'm like, it's just... It's not good enough for me as a, as a black woman in star Wars, this is supposed to be the future of star Wars. There's only one black female character, right? So when there's only one of us, right, you got to make sure that that one represents us well. And I am speaking about the character that they have named Keeve Tyrannis. And this individual, um, 
the character description for her is a young firebrand Jedi believed to have a great future ahead of her if she would only believe it herself. Quick-witted and more impulsive than she should be, Keeve has only been a Jedi Knight for a few weeks and is a little starstruck around Avar. She's impressed with the Caucasian female. Knowing many of the great things Chris has done in the past, she is determined to prove herself uh, to Avar and the other legendary Jedi stationed on Starlight Beacon. But first, she must learn to trust herself as much as she trusts the Force. Right? So, what I'm suggesting right now is since we've got a year off before High Republic comes out, um, this is a great time for a rewrite. Avar is supposed to be the leader. She is a Caucasian female with a blunt bob cut um, and uh, blonde hair and blue eyes, very Aryan looking woman. Um, and I think we need to swap these two characters. Um, when there's only one black person, there's only one person of color, there's an immense level of pressure on that individual to be the best of us, to show us in the most positive light possible. And I don't think uh, a sharp-witted sister girl, um, Foxy Cleopatra trope is the right way to go in 2020, going into 2021 for the only black female character. Uh, in Star Wars. She doesn't believe in herself. She really wants to impress the Caucasian female. Uh, you know, no offense to anyone, but we've had a lot of Caucasian female leads over the last five years in Star Wars. I think it's time to flip this around. Um, and just looking at her visually, she's she's ashy. Her hair texture does not reflect that of a, an African-American person. It looks like it could be an S-curl or uh, maybe a roller set, even. Um, she's not happy. She looks somewhat um, bemused. Um, her body has little to no curvature. There's no build or shape to her. She's very thin. So um, thoughts, ladies. I'm going to shut up now. I've said my piece. Well, generally, it seems like the character is, you know, sort of living up to a couple of different tropes at the same time. You know, uh, a bit of a smirky type attitude is that lazy, lackadaisical, I don't care, I'm too good for this, um, you know, stereotype. There's <laughs> the simple, you know, basic stereotype of let's just put the same body and then we'll just put a tint on it and call it good <laughs> type thing that seems to happen a lot. Um, but I, I just feel like, I, I think you're right. I think this is a perfect time to just, you know, maybe rethink that, look at it again. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every single show has to have, you know, a black, you know, female lead, but it wouldn't hurt if we had one, you know, like at all, you know, and this is a perfect opportunity to make that change and, and to, you know, incorporate what's going on in the real world today. You know what I mean? Because I think, I think that is part of the problem is, is that the stereotypes are lived up to even when you're checking the token box. Not that I've ever Absolutely. been a token. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I think to your point, um, 
with the the lead thing. Uh, we just we don't have enough of it. And they were the ones who decided to go black with this character. I yep. think this is our opportunity to send them feedback in the real environment um, to get this change before this train wreck happens. Yep, absolutely. And and you know, I I I don't want that to come across as me criticizing the idea of wanting, you know, black female leads. It's just I think that there's a there's sometimes there's a misunderstanding when we have these kinds of conversations and we say, "Well, why can't this character be, you know, X, Y, or Z?" You know, and you know, the 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 automatic reaction is just, "Well, why can't they be, you know, the way that they were written or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I would just simply say, well, they can, but does it always have to be that way? Cause I don't think that it does. Um, so I, I do think it's important and I think it's necessary. And like you said, if you're going to introduce this character and then turn around and be like, but we're still going to put her in that same stereotypical box, you know, then you're, you're missing an opportunity. And so, yeah, you have to, you have to rethink that. I would have more to say, but I think you both hit it right on the head for me. Um, And and I agree with you, uh, Raven, about the, it's like, I'm not even asking for her to be like the lead character or whatever. It's like, can we just like have her be somewhat relatable or, you know, and, and I was uh, talking with Maria. Likeable. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I was talking last night with Maria about it briefly, but, um, I also don't want to go like portray that that like arrogant like the arrogant type of character or overly confident. I get it like some, you know, black women do struggle with insecurities and um self-consciousness and and I don't want to take away from that, but it's also like why are we why why when we get uh like a character in this she is self-conscious and adores the the white counterpart it's kind of like come on come on um i guess i would have to know her backstory a little more to be more accepting of the current writing they have but they yeah it definitely needs to be rewritten in a more relatable way is it okay for me to jump in right here go do it i i mean i wish they had now, do we know who's writing the uh, High Republic? Like, Charles Soule, I think, is doing the first uh, book. Okay, well, he's he's got a he's a good, obviously has a good track record. I just think that if they had more, more uh, black women writing, that we would probably get even much better representation in in general. So I'm, I mean, I already know he's writing the books, but maybe like you said, if the feedback gets to them. They may even look for someone to be able to put in the um, put in the driver's seat and flesh this character out and give us even more and appeal to you know like you to appeal to the audience that they want to go for. You don't just create this character without the intention of you know getting other the people that they represent to buy into this. So I'm Star Wars and the the call has always been going out saying. We need more people of color. We need more black women. We need more black men. We need more Asians. We need, you know, the, just more broad representation. Someone has to listen by now. And this just looks like, like you guys, what I'm getting in, I saw a picture. I saw someone's artist rendering and it looked, it looks like they just threw something together. You know what I mean? Like as far as the drawing goes. And it's like, uh, come on. Y'all can do better. Simple as that. Absolutely. And I agree in character development for sure. Like that needs to be a thing. 
But when, again, when you only have one person of color, right, it makes it insanely difficult um, to put that story to that person. Why don't we put that character development on someone else? Um, because I believe there's a great story in there to be told. Let's tell it from somebody else's point of view. My question is, uh, and to Raven's point, why does it have to be us? That's really the question. And why are we the ones that come off as smart or um, not in a good way, like negative or mouthy or rude, you know, and it, it sounds a lot like what's being said right now out of the White House about somebody else who might be running for VP. And I'm not cool with that. Absolutely. And it is, it's, it's, it's a continual, you know, and whether or not it's purposeful, I, I think, I, I don't even think that's an argument. I don't think it's purposeful. I think it's just the way that it is. Again, when you don't have women of color or, you know, people of color in the writing room, you know, you're not going to get that point of view and that understanding that, that those stereotypes, while, you know, like any stereotype, certainly there's some basis in some sort of fact in there. That is not in fact how everyone is. And so we just need to stop representing everyone as, you know, basically a different version of the same character. Portia, what did you think of the picture? Mm, ashy. It's like they didn't give a care at all. They're just like, okay, we're just going to do this. Just draw this out and give it out to the people. I'm sure they're going to like it. No, I, I didn't like it. I didn't. It's like you said, it was ashy. It's just there was no color. There was no flavor. I'm going to say that there was no flavor to it. Yeah, I think I'll leave uh, the link in the show notes. Um, the overall look of her. I'm I'm generally unimpressed with how she looks. Very disappointed. I mean, they put a whole lot of effort in the other characters, but why not her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Even right down to the robes, like the robe is pretty basic for her. But if you look at Avar, like she's got this cool tiara looking piece on her. She's got like a shimmery gold cloth on top of her robe and a gold hood. Um, the other guy, the... Twi'lek Lord and Great Storm. He also has a goldish uh, hood, more lavish looking costume. Um, so does Stellan Gios, the white male. Um, and even um, this chick here, she's one of the race of Luminaras. Um, she has the gold robe as well. So it's just interesting to me that the woman of color is the only one who doesn't get a really nice gold robe or any type of additional ornaments. She is portrayed as very basic. Yeah, and then her robes are just darker than everybody's. Like I said earlier, the black and white. White is pure, black is bad. So I thought about this a lot last night, and I'm, I'm not going to take this lying down. Um, so the guy who does our artwork, I reached out to Rashad on... Um, Open Canvas, I believe, is his um, his name on basically everywhere, Twitter, Twitch, whatever, Instagram. Um, and I asked him to do a pass at this on our behalf. I gave him some of our notes. If you have notes that you'd like to add, please get those to me as quickly as possible. Um, within three weeks' time, uh, turnaround, we're looking at getting a new image out. 
and I want to get some traction, create a hashtag, and move this forward. Um, I also am going to petition to swap the character descriptions um, between Avar and what's her name? Creve. I'm not looking anymore. I moved away. Whatever her name is, the woman of color. Keeve. There it is. I was close. Um, so I am going to start making movement on this and tweeting it to Charles Soule and Star Wars and Del Rey and trying to help move this forward and um, show them what we want to look like. Well, thank you for that. I'm glad you're you're pushing for that um, and being an advocate for, for swapping those descriptions. Thank you. Good on you, kid. I just, I can't, I can't let it slide. And then I, I read that like two or three times last night. I'm like, looks up to Avar. I'm like, wait a minute. The white woman? We're idolizing the white woman? In 2021? 2020? That doesn't sit right with me at all. It irks my soul, like, really big. That's the part that hurts the most. I'm like, wait a minute, what? What did they just say? No, they didn't. Surely they didn't say that. Maybe maybe it's a different context or something, but these descriptions are all we have as public viewers of this right now, and they need to be tight. They, they need to be a little bit more accessible to us and because we don't know, you know, the full story and they do, they sort of, you know, miss the mark here. So I'm really concerned about this one. And if this is the future of Star Wars, like, dude, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. What do you think, Les? Did you see the did you see the artwork as well? Oh me, yeah, I said I said it looks like they just threw something together. I mean the sketch whoever did the the whole thing and as soon as they finished, like, oh shoot, I gotta put this one in there too. And then just, ah. you know, did it. Uh extremely basic, you know, no real the only thing that sticks out is the color of her skin and it's like mm, not good you know it definitely definitely needs uh it all it needs some improvement and we all know that is they really could do better as simple as that simply do better yeah and, and, I and, think and it... the part about uh, the no go ahead go ahead no go ahead oh and the part about her looking up to a jedi master i mean i understand that but that's the point. Why do we not have black women as Jedi masters for her to look up to, to follow in the footsteps? It's all about torchbearers, you know, and passing the torch. We got to have somebody there. And for, you know, and like you guys said, in 2020 to going into 2021, it's time. It's past time. We should we should have had that a long time ago. So it's there's a lot of questions to be asked. And I'm, I'm glad you guys want to push and ask the questions, and you know, get some type of movement going. You, you ladies are bold. I, I'm feeling very, very uh, inspired, and, and I'm really glad you guys let me on the show because this is great. <laughs> this is a fun time for me right now, just listening to you. You missed the Barbie episode last week, Ben. That was, that was interesting. That was fun. But uh, Raven, you were going to say something before I finish my point. Oh, I was just going to actually say kind of what... what uh, 
Maria just brought up too. It, it, it's, it's a kind of a Barbie situation. Um, and we did have a discussion about the collector Barbies last week, but this is basically to me, you know, and I know I said this earlier, it's the same, same basic principle of when, you know, we started having Barbies of color. It was the same head and the same body with black hair and tinted skin. And that was the only difference. And it's just kind of like, it's not that I don't see what, you know, that you're, you're making an effort here, but there is more different about, you know, a black person composed, you know, compared to someone else or, you know, or any person of color compared to someone else other than just the skin color. I mean, we have other differences than that. And when we try to pretend like that's the only thing that's different, it, it, it helps to, to breed this idea that we are making something out of nothing. Uh, and you're, and I don't know if you got a chance that. to, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no you have a point. Uh, it's one of those things where it, so I, I guess, you know what, sometimes you got to look at how racism kind of is. And in some cases it's more about, keeping people in their place. Like it's almost like a caste system. If you think about it, it yeah. it's like we're supposed to be, or just stay in our place. Don't say anything. Don't say nothing. Just keep, keep it moving. Keep your head down. Keep your eyes down. Know your role, know where you belong. And that's, that's old. That's got to go. That's, we are all, we all should be moving toward the same thing as humans in general. And you know what, if we got to make noise, we got to make noise. Simple as that. And, in most cases, that's why we're making the complaints because nobody cares. Nobody, nobody pays attention. Every time, you know, you all have had, I'm sure you all have had hospital experiences where you're sitting there and you're like, they don't, need, they take me as a joke. They don't understand what I'm trying to tell them. You know, it's, there's just constant experiences as black people and especially black women that nobody is aware of or open to. And the moment, there's a complaint or not even a complaint, just a question of, wait a minute, why, where's the black Barbie doll, you know? And why isn't she like, look more like a black woman instead of, like you said, tinted Barbie. It's like, oh, look at them making noise again. Here we go. Here we go. So yeah, it's just, I don't even know how to close that, that thought off, but I agree. It's just one of those things where as soon as a whisper turns into a question uh, and it goes from there, it turns into you guys, we are, everybody just making something out of nothing. This is, there's no reason. I don't see anything for any any reason to complain. Absolutely, absolutely. And and to that point, like if you're not a person of color, you probably won't see the problem. But when you hear the problem, believe the problem, support the problem, even if you don't get it. Like at least be willing to support us. I understand that for a white person, it looks very progressive because there's a black person there. Um, but even if you don't understand our beef, don't sit there and try to tell me or rationalize to me why I can't be upset about this. Oh, well, we just need to wait and see how it goes. Uh, no, I did that with Val. It didn't turn out well. I did that with Jana. It didn't turn out well. Uh, there are no more mulligans at this point. I have to get off my ass now and I have to, I have to tell you what's going on because you don't understand what's going on. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a supporter, if you say you're an ally, just be an ally, just hear me out. Even if you don't understand it, 
I don't know if you got a chance to check out those Barbies, Les. Uh, the only black doal is I saw, I saw C-3PO. It. Yeah, I, I saw it. At the, a uh, serpent. Someone, yeah, somebody posted it and was like, uh, what? Yeah, I saw the, um, someone uh, tweeted it and they tweeted the picture and they were like, not a single one. This is what we get is, yeah, like you said, it's a surrogate. It's like, come on. So, yeah, I completely understand. It was uh, definitely not uh just not everybody's just it's not thought out like and if you are thinking it out like you said with Jana it looks the more that you ladies have been talking the more I'm starting to realize that a lot of this looks like they just go oh yeah let's cast this person and put her in there there you go you know what I'm saying like y'all happy now here it is this is for you we did this just for you guys you see and it's like she hardly had any scenes you know it was almost like what they did with Rose where they pretty much completely erased her you know and you're just like what else and val for real i'm gonna say that val hurt me for real too like when she was in there and wrote i was like okay this lady um oh tandy newton's a badass i'm like look at her she's a gangster and then what what that's it as simple as i mean that, that kind of deflated that movie for me which is actually my favorite star wars movie but that's i mean that's solo i'm sorry and uh kind of deflated that movie for me when that happened and I'm like, all right, I, I don't, I mean, it was still fun, but eh, they didn't have to do that to her. I think you'll find that's the consensus around here. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, right? We meet the crew and then we see Tandy Newton and we're like, yes, yes. And I, I'm sitting in the theater going, hell yeah. And then boom. And you're like, uh, not only that, they had to like blow her up to like obliterate her character completely. Like. And they did it right away. Uh, like, it wasn't like they gave us most of the right movie away. to really get to know her and fall in love with her. They just did it. Like, boom. No. They shouldn't have even announced the casting if that's what they were going to do. Because it was a big deal when they announced the casting. It was like, oh, and everybody was, you know, oh, Tandy Newton's going to be a character in, in Star Wars. She's playing Val. She's the sidekick. You know, she's basically number two in command of the crew. Yes, like you all said, goodbye. Didn't even give us the move, you know. Give, at least give us 45 minutes to an hour with her. but Yeah, I was hoping to go on a big adventure with her as, in this movie, but they decided to crush our hopes and dreams. Again, what about you, Liv? I mean, that was the other thing I think that Maria should put in, the, in a petition to swap those um, character descriptions is also don't make this character die within the next three episodes or however they're doing the damn... I know they're going to do a show, you know, or the book. Like, don't don't kill off my character in the beginning, please. Don't kill my girl. Yeah. I was just thinking that in a... I was watching... I rewatched Revenge of the Sith last weekend, and I'm like, I don't want... And I also, if you're going to kill my girl off, don't make it like a two-second thing where I can't even, like, grieve over it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. shit. You know? But, I mean, I, I mean, you guys pretty much said everything that... It's exhausting, and I think that we all can... At least you're honest. Yeah, it's just like, it's just, I mean, I don't know if, I may have not said it on the podcast, but it's just, it's, it's, it's like, God, how many more years do I have to repeat myself? But whatever. I mean, I think they're listening now, so <laughs> I am hopeful. Yeah. No, I can hear the exhaustion in your tone, and I think that's important that they hear that we are fucking yeah. tired of waiting and of having to proofread right. everything. So I, I think it's important that the exhaustion you know, is also heard. That's the thing. Like, why do I, if, if I'm going to be an editor, 
why am I not getting paid for it for one? <laughs> and two, it's just, that's the thing. It's like, why do we have to, I, I don't know. It's like I, one side of me feels like we have to be accountable and kind of look at this shit before, before it gets published, you know? But the other side of me is like, why do I have to do Like, why can't I just be excited about something and be surprised? Because I can't, because I end up getting let down. And that's the, and that's what sucks about, there was a question yesterday on pink, on pink milks recording. And it was um, like, how do you relate to non to what did he say? Like, how do we relate to people in Star Wars that don't look like you? And and that's why, right. you know, I have to I have to relate to these people that don't look like me or I may not identify with or I have to find something because the people I do feel like I end up really liking end up just like getting killed off or or there's no surprise element because and, and that's kind of like what I'm feeling with Ahsoka is like like I want to be pleasantly surprised about Ahsoka in the upcoming Mandalorian series but I have a feeling like it's gonna be like oh she's gonna be in for 20 minutes and it's gonna be eh. you know do you know what I'm do you know what I mean absolutely I think I think um you're spot on there the other thing I think that bodes well in our favor with Ahsoka is they don't know that she's black they still haven't figured it out yet we know most of us get it they don't know so they're gonna give I feel like she's got a better chance of getting a fair shake than an openly black character but you're right. I mean, and even when we do get a character, like she's hidden in the background. Addie Galea is a member of the Jedi Council. But if you blink, you will oh fucking my, thank miss you for her. bringing her up. Thank you. And these characters, they're really interesting, right? And then, but if you blink, you miss it. And that's what I mean is like, you get disappointed. You're like, oh, damn, you, you want, mm -hmm. you want people you want that representation, you know, and not as a little kid or whatever, but it's just like you you want that, you know, you you want to be like, that's sick. I could cosplay as her and not change anything about myself. That's sick. I love that. You know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm tired of us being window dressing like we're just we're in the background a lot. Yeah, and it annoys me how every time there's a new character, a character that you finally feel that you'll have a connection with, all of a sudden you're just praying like please don't die like 10 minutes in this movie or 5 minutes in this movie. Please don't give him this bad writing. Please don't do this. Please don't do that. And as you're praying for it, it turns out to be exactly how you're hoping it not to be and it it's frustrating. And and that's yeah. And that's the thing Absolutely. with all the other, the the female Jedi, you know, relatable as POC or not relatable as POC. It's like in the prequels, they were so dope, but they all just got killed off. Like, like Ayla Secura, like, like, I want to know more about her. Like I wanted to like in the movies, cause I don't, I don't, I haven't, I'm just now getting into the comics, but like in the movies, like I was so intrigued by her and then boom, she just gets killed. And I'm like, fuck. Okay. And even in Clone Wars, you know? So it's. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, at least in Clone Wars too, though, you can kind of get more depth into those characters, but they, but they do end up dying. So it just. Absolutely. Uh, Stila Guerrera dies, spoiler, but she, she has a lot of agency and she's the voice behind that rebellion that takes place on Onderon. So absolutely right there. Um, and that's why I didn't buy any Janna merchandise in the store. I couldn't do it. Everyone was like, look, look, it's you. It's you. Look, buy this. I'm like, I can't because I don't have any faith that she won't die in the first two minutes of the movie or end up being completely irrelevant to the story. Like she could just be there to simply hold Poe's scarf. I don't know. I can't tell just by what I'm seeing. 
you know, so I, I feel bad, but I, I didn't purchase any Jana merchandise just because I, I was so let down by Val. It's like, I, I can't even give myself the room to believe again, because I know that I'll probably be let down again. Although the one upside of Jana is that unlike most black characters in Star Wars, she didn't betray anybody. Or consider it. I should say consider it because, you know, mm-hmm. you know, some people just consider doing it and then don't. But most of them do, you know. <laughs> just saying, it seems to be a pattern that, you know, we get on screen and we're betraying somebody. I was looking for the lighter moment. Okay. My car got crushed by a tree today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're right you're right it's been it's been heavy it's been a heavy episode but i think this is needed absolutely it's totally needed and i'm not trying to make light of it in that regard um it is important it's extremely important and we do need to talk about it we do need to we do need to you know make sure that we're heard so that the people that actually make the decisions you know maybe hopefully at some point we'll, you know, start to get, you know, what we're trying to get across. Well, if nobody else has got anything, we can move into support a sister. Anybody got anything? Yeah, I have something. Yes, tell me all about it. Okay, we have Summer Jean and Company. It's a, a vegan skin line care, skincare line specializing in products for eczema, um, cirrhosis, hydration, and hyperpigmentation, and other stuff as well for your skin to help with your skin. That sounds like oils and yeah, it's like oils that she has that she makes herself and like little bars of soap invested with some it's, it's, it's awesome. Yes. I love it. I love skincare. I love bubble baths. I love oils. It's, it's all yummy. Sounds like a link I'm going to have to get a hold of. Yeah, shoot it to me in the email and I'll include it in the show notes when we're done. Gotcha. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Support Assista is the segment where we try to uplift Black women and Black brands that maybe are not getting the spotlight that they need or there's a Assista in need that needs support. We will put that in the show at this point in time and would ask you to support them if you can. Um, buy a product or share or comment or subscribe or donate to a cause uh, since we're never going to do a Patreon on this show or monetize this show in any way. If you enjoy what we have to say, if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, please think about purchasing an item or donating if you have the means to do so. I have one. All right. So I had a, a listener of the podcast reach out. His name is Mike, Mike Hinton on Instagram. 
and because I don't want to steal his support, support assistant all the way. I'm going to give him some credit. Um, but he reached out and put me on to Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. And it's a comic book store and coffee shop, like, mixed together in um, North Philly. And I went on their website and did some exploring. It looks super dope. But I also learned that it is the first black woman-owned shop of its kind on the East Coast, which is super cool. Um, It opened in 2003 when Ariel Johnson, the owner, um, she was an accounting student at Temple University. And it took like 13 years to make this like a reality. Um, So I I think that's dope. So and, and, you know, like, like we we are black women in in sci-fi and Star Wars universe and loving comics and all that stuff. So I think it's super important to highlight businesses like that cuz that's that's really, you know, where some people get their first experience or introduction is like going into a comic book store with their friend. Um so that's that that was really exciting for me. So thank you Mike for shouting that out. Um and their website is amalgamphilly.com. Um, and I will send the Instagram and Facebook information to Maria and she'll put that in the show notes. Yes, ma'am. I sure will. Thank you. No, that sounds dope as fuck. I'd like to see that myself. Raven, what you got? Uh, you know, I don't have anything this week. One of us has to be the bad student. Everybody stop looking at me like that. Well, we'll support you and, and send some good energy about your car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sending it already to you right now. It's coming your way. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if we if we said it all the way on the did we say it today on the podcast recording, but Raven got her car, a tree fell into her car this morning. So we need to support Raven. We need to support her. It was, it's, it, it was a rough morning. True. It was a rough, rough morning. There's nothing like walking out and finding a tree on top of your car. It's it's not cool. But I made it, I'm fine. At least you're safe. Yeah, that's right. That's the most important thing. Yeah, at least I wasn't in the car, you know, about to come home and smush. That would be bad. We can't replace another raven like you. It's hard to find another raven like you. Oh, thanks, Funkins. (laughs) You're welcome. They broke the mold when they made me on purpose. In a good way. In a good way. So besides me well, and my, my switched up car, any other supporter sisters? <laughs> I have two, but they're kind of, they're, they're deep. Unfortunately, you know me and my socially aware social justice warrior shit. Get at um, it. Yeah, they're kind of deep. So, all right. Um, let's imagine you were a young person trying to go to college to become a doctor and a licensed EMT, an essential worker 
working part-time at a local fast food restaurant. Wouldn't it be fucked up if somebody just hit you for no reason? Because that's exactly what happened uh, to this individual. So Kelsey Wallace is a licensed EMT. She's going to LSU um, Health School of Medicine um, to become a doctor. And she's working part-time at Chili's. Um, she approached a group of people and told them they couldn't have 11 people at a table because that is the rule at the establishment for social distancing. And she ended up getting into a physical altercation uh, with these customers and they ripped her braids out and broke her nails. And um, she has a cut under her eye. Um, and all of this took place last week. Um and she's kind of been uh, shook up by this. Um, they did catch the attackers, and I believe they got charged with a misdemeanor. Um, so she got some stitches, and she is on the men. Um, but she has set up a, a GoFundMe for her um, wages in the meantime, between time, because thanks to that incident, she has so much stress and trauma. She's not able to work right now um, because she has PTSD when she goes into the restaurant to do her fucking job. Um, So I will leave that GoFundMe um, on the show notes. And again, I will stress to non-maskers and non-social distancers to kindly fuck off. Seriously. All the way off. All the way off. Fuck all the way off. Just terrible. She's just doing her job, and that's what they did. That's just upsetting. Upsetting on all levels. Yeah, completely shitty. Mm Mm-hmm. The um, second support assistant is for... Tiana Arada, she is still in police custody. She is a Black Lives Matter protest organizer, and she has been charged with all kinds of bullshit charges, um, and she's looking at 15 years in jail for organizing a peaceful protest. Um, They have falsified documents stating there was a child in the car during the protest riot, uh, that a car windshield was broken and it was not broken, Um, and so there's a a GoFundMe for her legal fees and to try to get her out as quickly as possible. Um, I believe she's been in custody since the 12th, if not earlier. So, um, if you have the means to help her out, um, I'd really hate for someone to spend so much time in jail for simply asking for change. Um, and there's been a big conspiracy with the DA, um, Dan Dow, to sort of keep her down and um, stifle her from organizing any further protests. So um, if you can support her as well, that would be really cool. Even if it's $5, you know, every little bit helps and it could help with her legal fees and and getting her out at least from, from jail and, you know, there's a lot of shit that goes on in police custody. They they can't kill you, and they know that. 
they have to at least have you alive. But there's there's far worse things than death. And as someone who's been in police custody and been violated, um, this story really caught my eye. And I worry for her safety. And I hope that she's okay. Thanks for sharing that, Maria. I think that's really important that, like, we're supporting sisters in different contexts, not just, you know, with businesses, but um, with social activism. Uh, it's important to be there in, in all those different environments. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Not a problem. You know me. <laughs> Fighting the good fight. Unless you you got a business or anything you want to promo? Uh, no. I mean, you y'all, ladies, queens, you are all on another level. I am blown away. I mean, I like this this assistant. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm just impressed. I'm really really impressed. Um, that's all I can do is just give compliments. I don't have a business to promote. I can't be the only bad kid in the class. Yeah, we're both. We'll we'll, we'll bring the uh, bell curve down. <laughs> Somebody it's cool, cool, cool. Yeah, if you're if you're interested in learning more about Tiana, her arraignment is also September third. So I do believe that there will be an online um, hashtag going out on her arraignment day as well. It's hashtag uh, free Tiana, and you'll see it on my Twitter. I'm sure. Thanks so much, you guys. I had a fun, fun talk. Like, I felt like I got a lot out today. Yeah, it was a good talk. Me too. Well-deserved. Well, thank you all for being here. We are at the end of the road. You made it. Congratulations. You made it to the end of Sisters with Sabres. See? And it didn't kill you. You made it. I'm so proud. Look at you getting all woke and shit. Look at you. <laughs> You're smiling. Yeah, I can see you now. I'm so happy for you. And and if you're a sister, hey, girl. Hey, girl. We want, we want you to become part of this. So shoot us an email at sisterswithsabers at gmail.com because we want to hear from you. We want you to join us. If you got a mic, if you don't got a mic, I'll figure something out. I'll, I'll make a way to get you on. Okay. It's, it's cool. Um, if you're not assisted, that's okay too. We appreciate you listening and you can participate in other ways. Um, you know what else? There was an email that came through. Do you guys want to answer Ian's email real quick? Sure. We talked about it in the sure. discord. Do it. So Ian's email, he says, hi, uh, they say, hi, Ian uh, is my name. I'm a huge fan. Thank you all for 
what you do and having proper discussions rooted in the analysis of oppression and the lens of race, class, gender, etc. with Star Wars. I've tried holding back from emailing y'all because even though I'm transgender non-binary, I am white, and I don't think it's my place to have a voice on your platform. Well, I appreciate you anyway. It's it's always good to know that uh, someone else is hearing this and taking in the information. Uh, that being said, episode on Clone Wars slavery arc, uh, worthy of sending in this question. Um, the cat lady says we are all slaves. My question is, in terms of capitalism or looking for uh, looking at this quote through a class lens, what are your thoughts when people say the middle and lower class are wage slaves and use that term? What feelings does this bring up? Uh, the cat lady's quote would still be incorrect because the ruling class has more control, power, and resources, but I am curious because of the use of the word slave in wage slave. Thanks. May the force be with you, Ian. Thanks, Ian. You're the fucking best. I appreciate your email. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Thoughts, comments, concerns. All right, I'll jump in. <clears throat> I'm, 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 you know, right into the deep end with me. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a relevant question. I think it's a little bit broad um, to cover in any short period of time. I do think that there is a correlation of a sort. Um, I know that we talked on a previous podcast about how you know those who don't want to participate in the current political process say that you know what's what we're getting to choose from is not good enough we want more and because we want more we're not going to participate this time and i say if you continue to do that you know how's that working out for you is it getting you anywhere by you know standing your ground and saying i'm not going to take unless i get exactly what i want um, and in the case of, you know, talking about wage slavery, you, you know, you are kind of looking at that same principle of, well, how much better are you doing socioeconomically than your parents were doing? If you haven't surpassed them by, you know, at least double, then, you know, maybe perhaps you should pay more attention to your own bootstraps and stop worrying about everyone else's. And when you look at people who live in middle and, and lower class, you know, socioeconomic groups, you know, the general, you know, truth is, is that movement doesn't happen very often, at least not large movement. It does happen, but it doesn't happen very often. You know, most often we live in a similar, um, you know, status as our parents did, and, you know, partially because that's what we're used to, partially because of how it shapes what we look, you know, for in the future. Um, but I do think that there's a distinct difference in the sense of, I always get a little bit nervous about the, the use of the word class, because I think that we definitely have, you know, issues with class in this country. But I think, 
I just think it's very hard to apply it in this country the way you can apply it in countries where it's an actual, you know, in some cases written into the law fact of where class puts you, you know, in your, in the, in your place in the world or, you know, in some countries that's the case. But I do think it is, you know, there is a correlation to be made between, you know, those people being in, in, in that middle and lower class, you know, grouping, you know, those people being wage slaves, I can see where that could be stated, but I do think that I think everybody is a wage slave, honestly, because we don't set the standard. Rich people set the standard. They're rich. They're staying rich, you know, in some cases getting richer, which is painful for everybody else. But, you know, we aren't setting our own standards. So, I mean, it is slavery in that sense, but at the same time, we can you know, there's a way to get out, you know, slavery, you know, to me kind of implies that there's not a way to get out. And when it comes to being, you know, lower class or middle class, I mean, there is a way it's just not necessarily, uh, as attainable as it should be, I guess is the best way to say it. So that's my wow rambling thoughts on that. Thanks for the question, Ian. Did I put everybody to sleep? No. No. <laughs> I mean, you said it, everything. It's a loaded question, though, like you were saying. Like, I'm just thinking of, like, how can I articulate this in a quick way? But I think you hit it right on the head, Raven. Um, yeah, I I don't equate – I don't equate that term wage slave with the connotation of like actual slavery. I, I, it's different. Like I, I get that term. I understand it. Uh, because I know that the cycle of poverty is so fucking hard to break out of. Um, my parents were very poor and it feels like I work 10 times harder than all my friends. And it feels like I, I'm still not getting anywhere. And that's something I really struggle with and had to even go to therapy over because, uh, it affected my mental health because in this society, you, your, your output or how much money you make, you make is connected to how much you're worth. And that can weigh a lot on your mental health and keep you trapped in a, in a vicious cycle. And I get it. And when you are, um, stuck in poverty too you you don't have access to resources you you know i've had i've had a a counselor say to me oh the sat you're not taking that right and in my head at that time i said well no but no one ever asked me if i wanted to take it you know i never got the option of like no one ever asked me do you want to go to college no one ever asked me that that was a decision i made the day after i graduated high school um and it's like wow i went 12 years in school and no one ever asked me what I wanted to do. It's like, it was set out for me um, because of that cycle of poverty, which, and it's like, in a way, like I get how that could be equated to slavery. However, like you can work your, you can work out of it 
and no one owns you per se, but it's different. Um, it is definitely different, but, but poverty is, it's a, it's a demon in itself, you know? Racism is a demon in itself. Poverty yep. is a demon, demon yep. in itself, and they are in they they are inter, they do intersect. Um, but uh, yeah, those are I guess those are my thoughts on it, and, and it's it's more so like I I get it, and I don't want to say you can simply work out of it because you know there are so many other factors right. of why why you know you can't just pick yourself up by the bootstraps because my my family very much has an attitude like, like, well, you know, we didn't have this, but I worked my ass off and now we do have this and, and X, Y, and Z, but it's like, yeah, but why should we have to work that hard to just live a normal life? Like, I'm not even asking for a Porsche, you know, I just don't want to worry about how I'm paying my bills. (laughs) I don't, you know, I don't worry about our, I might not ever own a home, you know, it's like those types of things. Like I may not ever have wealth to pass on to my children. And there are some striking similarities between that experience and slavery. So, all right. Yep. <laughs> no, I think you're on to something. It reminds me of that quote, you know, you work twice as hard and you get half as far. Even someone like me who is a leader on my job, I'm a supervisor, I've got 20 direct reports, I'm in the middle of the management sphere or whatever, like, I have to work twice as hard as my white counterparts to get half as much credit, even today in 2020. Um, I think that's extremely relevant. And also, I am also not asked what I want to do next. There's no plan for me. I have to create my own plan for myself at work if I want to move forward. There's no outreach at all. Um, So I think that's pretty common. Uh, for people of color and probably for people in poverty as well, I would assume. Um, I know that was the case when we were younger. I remember waiting on the wick truck and all that shit. So I'm not foreign to that either. Um, but I, I just want to see the word slave like disappear. I don't want anyone ever to use it like in a way that like oh, I'm a slave to this, or oh, they got me working so hard at work, it's like slavery. Like, there's no way in the world you could possibly identify with that experience, and we need to stop using it as a term, and I just mean humans in general, um, because it's so hurtful, and it brings up so many feelings for so many people, and if you aren't related to a slave, if you don't understand the experience fully, please remove it from your vocabulary. Thank you. And also try to remember that no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, it's probably in your history. The more you know. (laughs) Leave it to the history nerd. You know, I'm gonna have to insert that again. I'm gonna have to drop that shit right behind what you just said. It's the story of my life. Thanks again, Ian, for a fantastic question. I'm really glad that Ian is on, is listening to you, the show. Uh, They regularly uh, contribute to our show, the Sith List, all the time. So 
good to see that, you know, we're all making the connections and we're all friends together. Isn't that cool? I love that. It's like a little family. That's, That's so fucking super cool. awesome. That's Tell awesome. us about the Sith list. You, you mentioned this pod called the Sith list. Tell us all about what that is. Oh, oh, it's my turn to plug it. Okay, here we go. Um, Raj, let me know. I better do a good job too. So I'm expecting you to spice it up more. But uh, the Sith list is basically your weekend geek. We cover all topics from we try we try to cover all topics from Star Wars, basically all the corners of sci-fi and geek them that we can. Uh, ultimately, it's myself, uh, my best friend Araj Dolashahi, and a couple other guys, Eric Struthers. Uh, King Tom Chansky and Carlos Buarguello. And uh, what we do is just, you know, hang around and we call it shooting the Sith. So it's just, we try to break down things, uh, mostly Star Wars focused, but we do get into other aspects of geekdom. And uh, we record on Wednesdays, but we, we drop our episodes on Sundays. So we have Sith List Sundays. Check it out. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. We do, we do try to get into other topics and, you know, maintain at least keep our thumb or our finger on the pulse of what else is going out there in terms of the social climate. And I mean, we got to get back to the level that you, you ladies are on because that's how we used to do in our first episode, the first few episodes, but we're moving along now. We're cruising along. I think we're at our episode, the episode coming out this Sunday will be, which I don't know when you guys release these episodes. Sunday, Monday is when I drop. Okay. So I think it's our 210th episode. So we've been going pretty strong. We try to make sure we have an episode every week, every Sunday we have one ready to go. So that's the Sith list. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us, Les. I hope it was at least mildly entertaining for you. Oh, this was <laughs> awesome. In all honesty, I, I, I'll be real with you. I've learned a lot and I, I like your, the approach that you got, you, you ladies have. It's, it's, this is cool. I enjoyed this. I hope to be back. Please invite me back. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're coming back. Absolutely. Cool. I just, you know, it's an exciting time for Star Wars podcast, too, because there's really not a lot of news. There's a couple things dropping, but not a lot. And if you listen to a bunch of pods, like it's mostly just the news and there's not a lot of people with hot takes. And I think it's a really good opportunity for people who are marginalized or underrepresented to get their voice out there like Pink Milk, like us, and and really start sharing some some real shit. And there's a lot of people right now that are getting real, whether it's Chris Fresh or um, what Eric said, you know, and I feel like that kind of brings us closer together in an era when we're further apart than ever. I think um, it's really nice to hear people speak honestly and from the heart about themselves. And it helps to kind of actually build this community instead of just people talking about the latest toy. Um, I feel like it's a more authentic fandom that way. And I'm going to continue to encourage other people to do the same, to get naked and um, express yourself openly. There's uh, room for of all of Raj us in the galaxy. <laughs> yes, there yeah. is. Yeah, how's Araj doing? He's like, are you on the show? <laughs> Let me <laughs> like, yes. 
I am your neck deep in the show. Absolutely. We're almost at the end. Hey, did you know Sisters with Sabres is going to be part of Force Fest? Yes, that's correct. The week that would have been Star Wars Celebration is going to be Force Fest. So please check your Twitter timelines. Please check Instagram. We are going to be doing panels. Raven and Liv will be heading up that discussion around diversity and inclusion in Star Wars. Um, My panel is the mental health panel uh, and how Star Wars helped me through mental health and mental illness um, and continues to be a support today. Um, There will be more information to drop. Stay tuned to at Sabres With for more details and our Instagram page. Ladies and and Les, do you want to do socials? Uh, This is Olivia, and you can, as usual, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Olive Gelato, although I'm probably more on Twitter. So thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm Les, and I'm on the Sith list. You can uh, you can hear my voice on the Sith list. You can catch me on Twitter at Less Is More Seventy Eight. Hey, I'm Portia, and you can catch me on both Instagram and Twitter at Portia Ariel. And I'm Raven. You can catch me on Twitter at at Genovella J. I am also on Instagram. Thank you so much to everyone who was able to participate in the call tonight. And the rest of you, we love you, G. We love you, Ree. We can't wait to see you again. Um, And thank you so much for listening. We will see you on the next one.